Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. I'm Chris Hatfield. As you hear my, my seat cracking, I'm leaning up in my seat. <laughs> Gabe, I am transitioning into, we were literally just talking about it, but I'm transitioning into a wine guy, a bourbon guy slowly. <laughs> I don't know if this is happening for sure, but I'm drinking wine. I think this might be the first edition of What High School that I have drank wine to. So there's that. We were both drinking wine today. As I mentioned, wow. I was drinking some wine. Um Normally, normally we got a nice glass of bourbon. This is listen, you know, this is this is rarely a podcast we show up not not with a glass in our hands, <laughs> just to just to give the people a little behind the scenes look at what how how this thing goes. But right. uh, it's nice to see we're classing things up a little bit. You know, getting our our uh, North Carolina Duke on. You know, just a little wine. I had a yeah. char- I had a charcuterie upstairs. My wife was kind enough, made a nice charcuterie. And, I accidentally you know, some- bought. An eighteen dollar block of cheese, like yesterday. See, look um, at so us. That was, we that are Tobacco something. Road, all up in here. <laughs> tobacco Road, baby. I, I do want to like hop around for just a second on the intro. Please, I, please. I, people can get bad if they want to. It's fine. But Airbud was just a massive like Warner Brothers <laughs> flicks, right? Like that's that's all it was. It was literally like, and, and you know how I feel about the movie. I love the movie, but it was literally like let it's, LeBron stunt. Which wait, you, are you, you just you said happen. you said Airbud and not space jam too oh space jam oh shit wow um that that's I was like, uh, wait bro you're talking about the dog that plays basketball that, right now no that's a sure sign that it's been a minute since we pot it but yeah um space jam it was a it was a massive warner brothers flicks right i will admit that i have not yet seen the space jam oh it's ridiculous but let me let me really quickly say chris i joked with you i was like i'm ready to tee off on folks today I'm ready. I'm here. I'm bringing the heat. I was trying to set you up out of the gate. I can't believe that. That's like the biggest upset is you not seeing like this massively popular movie that's been out for over a week now. It's on HBO Max. It's a, no, listen, I had it queued up, but like on Friday night, but listen, I mean, I've got, I've got a three week old man. Like it just, it, was, it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening this weekend, but let me say this really quick because I saw everyone talk about how terrible this film was. How utterly terrible this movie was. I've seen a few clips. I saw a clip of them making fun of um, of Mad Max Fury Road, a masterpiece of a film. It seemed, that was awesome. seemed funny to me. I was perfectly okay with that. But let me let me let me say something here. To the people who came to Space Jam, a new legacy, expecting a moderate to decent to might LeBron you say performance? good film what were you expecting like it's like, it's funny because like i just i just got done listening to the rewatchables episode of the social network and they, a, a they heater, absolute heater yeah bill simmons talks in length as he tends to do i feel like bill simmons right now even having these this conversation <laughs> but he talks in length about jt's performance in that movie and like it's a good performance it's a good yeah, performance was, but like if you come into the the notion of space jam expecting like LeBron not to be extremely corny and not to like look to whoever's sitting next to you after a few lines and just be like, that's hilarious. I don't know what to tell you because that, that's who he is. That's, I, that's I, why we love him. I've not watched a second of this film. Well, I've watched a couple of seconds. I've watched two minutes of this film, Chris. And let me tell you why LeBron James failed based on my two minutes comparatively <laughs> to LeBron's previous performance, which I think is a film called Trainwreck starring... Yep. Amy Schumer and 
Bill Hader. I pulled that out of my behind. I totally forgot. That, Bill that'll Hader's eventually be a rewatchable episode. It's too, a good so. film. And LeBron James, he puts in a 12 minute. Uh, he puts in a Wichita, uh, Tim Henderson performance in that film, an incredible shift off the bench. Right. Um, but it's because he is not himself. He's playing an immense like caricature like he's incredibly sensitive if i recall in that film he like recommends that bill Hader goes to therapy like it's like clearly not him and it I, is funny because like in space jam i feel like he gets better as the movie progresses and that's when more of the basketball is being played but he's like he's like playing himself in space jam it's like a version yeah. of himself it's not like oh this is me joking about myself it's sure, like, no no sure. this is supposed to be me in space jam <laughs> like and there is there we can continue the space jam conversation probably for an entire episode and i i i want to do that at some point after you watch the movie but there is we should that we have I mean, we don't need to talk about this mobile football team all season so we can just save that for a week um there is something else i wanted to get your opinion on right please, here at the job please is that a bet online listed quietly i haven't seen i haven't seen this much but i don't even know where i'm going they listen to very quietly that the knicks were the favorite okay to land damian lillard if he left portland so i ask you what players on the new york knicks would you not give up to make that happen um Gonna pull up the roster. And get yeah, the I'm look, um, so definitely, obviously, Randall. It's probably right. just Randall, Barrett, and quickly. You wouldn't give a Barrett. I wouldn't give a Barrett. Okay, interesting. Because I, I feel think, like I think you could, which which is probably not like possible, right? Like that's this this like you're gonna have to give up either quickly or Barrett, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think that's probably you know. The so case. I think <laughs> if you give up one of those, I. <laughs> I almost feel like you have to give up quickly if you're going to give up one of those guys. Oh, man. As much as that hurts me, as much as that hurts me, I feel like you have to give up quickly. Because Barrett's not going to play. Barrett's not going to play the point. I've became quasi infatuated with the Knicks buildup, Um, (laughs) just their roster makeup over the next year, because I think a move like that and going and get like, like a three and D guy. I don't even know. I meant to look up like the unrestricted dudes before this podcast. Well, they can just, re- I think they can just resign <clears throat> Reggie Bullock. who will be that three. Yeah. And D guy. I mean, someone like that. That's nice. Maybe just another guy in that type of vein, but I, I don't know. I think a move like that sets him up really well because I look at like the little, little stuff is fascinating to me because I think he's done in Portland. I don't think he's going to the Lakers because if no. you trade him to someone in their division, like that It'd fan base would that fan base would riot. They would riot. Same and, thing with same thing with the Warriors. Like that's not happening. Yeah, it, and Philly just feels like they're gonna find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, I so, completely with you. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested. That's like my. And I, it's not became a story yet because we still have the finals going. Um, and Dame kind of came out and said, you know, I didn't really request this trade, even though like 90% of the NBA insider dudes were like, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm super interested in that story. In the, the Knicks have a lot of picks. And I, I really feel like you could go, you give 17, 21, and then you give maybe the Mavs pick next year because the Mavs are like low key a mess. 
like all this stories have came out like you just like hey you're you're betting on the Mavs to really take a step back next year because they're in a really tough position with with all this change and I, I feel like that's a really good package you give that and maybe maybe quick and probably Toppin probably Mitchell Robinson and that's a like you do that you do that 100 times yeah. out of 100 if you're the Knicks no I agree I just if I was if I was choosing between quickly and but, uh, but let I, me I, say I would be interested what the numbers would be on the New York fans what they would choose I I'm my concern about quickly is I think he's I think he's really good and I think he was like I think the problem is that he's much better than like what people thought he would be at that pick but I'm just not sure if he's like on a finals team if he's anything better than the first guard off the bench I think I have some preconceived like opinions because I wasn't high on um, Barrett and I was, I, I thought quickly was the best pro in that Kentucky team. Yeah. So, no. I mean, I, I think I'm my still, concern still, still defending those, I guess. No, no, no. I think, I think that's fair. My concern with, with quickly is that he definitely played with immense confidence and like he did some shit in that Hawk series but all the things that RJ Barrett did wrong was not because of skill. It was just because like, I, he was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is my first playoff series. There's 50,000 people screaming their faces off in MSG. And I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it yeah, didn't come I mean, off get, to me they, they as like early out coach. Yes. A hundred percent, which, you know, there's the other issue. Like, I don't even know <laughs> if you make that trade. Does that really like, okay, like maybe you make the semifinals of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, eh, like I don't know. Like, the, I'm a little concerned long-term about that, but I feel like we can't really know that until the team. But listen, I'm not going to believe that a guy is coming to this damn team until they've got the jersey on. I've gone down this road should. too many As times. You should. Uh, you should. I, I just found it quietly, like, usually if, if something like that happens, it's be, it's always like a major story because it's the Knicks. And I didn't see hardly anybody talking about it. Because I think I that's great. Yeah, that's a great point. The fact that this always happens every year. You hear the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks are in on LeBron. The Knicks are in yeah. on on Kyrie and on Durant. And this is the first year that like it's been pretty quiet. And yeah. that's fascinating. That's 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 a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I'm I'm down to discuss the Knicks all summer long. We will we I'm, will be I'm sure, like you said, we can't talk about this Louisville football team all year. Um, <laughs> but Chris, there are Louisville things that are happening. We need to get to them. We we have this huge news that's kind of just like trickled out about Russ Smith. Like for sure, it seems like he's confirmed in an Instagram post that they're going to retire his jersey this year at some point, which is immense news. And I think something we really care about, you and I. So we're going to talk about that. I've got a little question for you related to that. In immediate news, we've had two high-profile transfer decisions that have affected the teams in this area. First and foremost to us, Marcus Carr said no to Louisville after all kinds of consternation, stuff like that. Um, and then Kofi Cockburn said no to Kentucky and state of Illinois. And that was quite funny. And we've got things to talk about because those are obviously two sides of the same coin. Uh, Chris, you, you know, you, as we've been joking, football season is upon us. ACC media days next week. Malik Cunningham yeah. is on some watch list. We're going to talk about it and I'm sure we'll get into other stuff along the way. Um, so let's, let's hit that intro and we'll see you on the other side. 
from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. And we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, we had some big news, which, you know, it's kind of come out. It kind of came out randomly like two weeks ago, I think, maybe. No, it's been since we recorded last, which has been a week and a half, Chris, that the first the first deal was like someone. I don't even remember what account it was. Do you remember which account like put out the 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 Russ Smith information? Just like, oh, here's all his I, stats. I'm pretty sure it was like Vince Tyrus. Yeah, yeah, at like yeah. eleven o'clock at night. That he yeah, he tweeted. It. He tweeted it out. Oh, you're talking about the uh, response. But I he was like retweeting been, like someone else's like stats. Oh, here's. Russ I think it may have stats. been the Louisville basketball account actually. Oh, was, it was. It was Throwback Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. It was Throwback Thursday. He t- and then Vince Tyrus at like eleven thirty. You're absolutely. I'm looking at a tweet right now. It's like eleven thirty three. Um. Uh, retweeted retweeted number two will be number five you know part of me when i saw that tweet i was like what if this tower is just like hammered and he's that's exactly what i'm thinking right now bro (laughs) what if he just he was just hitting the good variables like you know what let's let's let it out and then russ retweets it everyone makes a big deal about it and then this afternoon five hours ago we're recording this monday night russ at Resticula said they're preparing the flowers. They said once prepared, number two will be honored and never worn again. I will save everything I want to say for the day of, but to my family, teammates, basketball heads, coaches, friends, fans, and state of Kentucky, you know how much this means to me. Number two will be number five for Louisville men's basketball. What is your reaction to this? Russ Smith, number the fifth retired jersey in Louisville basketball history. I mean, it's it's awesome, dude. Like we've, he deserves it. I don't know really much yeah. where else you can go from there. It's like, it's nice to see. I don't think the timing of this is coincidental um, with all the the West Unsel stuff yeah. um, and the the talk about statues and honoring people and Lamar Jackson. When's he gonna get a statue? And why does West Unsel? And, and these things, I, I definitely don't think it's coincidental. But man, you know, there's not a single person that didn't enjoy Russ Smith and watching him play basketball at Louisville. And I think it speaks to like, you know, the numbers are one thing, but when you have the type of character um, and just like the charisma that Russ played with and just kind of how he carried himself, you kind of speak these things into existence Um, because I'm not sure if like, Russ was just some dude and was putting up the numbers he did. And, you know, the all American stuff is nice. I, I don't know if he, he's a shoe in to get this, but just because it's Russ and he does rush shit, like yeah. it's, it, it's, it's easy just to go ahead and throw that layup because you know, it's going to be universally um, kind of enjoyed by the fans. They're all, they're all going to want it. His, uh, I, I, I'm not going to use his career per game stats because they're I don't think they're representative just because the first two seasons weren't 100 percent. He wasn't right. He only started seven games sophomore season um, despite playing nearly all of in, in every game. I'm going to hit his per 40 career stats just because I, I think I think that's the best one per 40 minutes at the University of Louisville. Twenty three point six points, three point two steals, four point seven assists. Um Shot three or uh, 34.5% from three, uh, 78% from the free throw line, field goal percentage 41.3%, uh, 
um, you know, drew 4.7 fouls a game. Um, like just absolutely nuts stats. Uh, Kelly Dickey's got like comparatively, he doesn't have his, I think you have the second lowest amount of points of the five. Um, you know, obviously the other guys were much taller, so they got a lot more rebounds, but rest will have the most assists of anybody who's been retired um, at the yeah, University I mean, of Louisville. I mean, Ken Palm player of the year. I was about to say two, two time Ken Palm player of the year. That's, that's, you know, the highlight. I think for his, me. <laughs> I think his career is like kind of a case study on the old guard of college basketball coaches and yeah. some, and what's wrong with that? Because like, and more so than any other sport, college basketball coaches are like in, trenched and their style and you know the playing the way they want to play and if you're going to do these things you're going to you're going to have mm. to do these things to play for me like i'm not right. going to change for you but rick changed for russ smith a little bit like he no was doubt. never like he, he he did not want him to play like he, he did not like russ smith early in his career there is no question about that russ smith <laughs> almost transferred from the uvl like the, the, there's just no question about that and finally rick was just like that was kind of along the, the the same time where, you know, Rick Bettino was coming at a, a crossroads with his career at Louisville, whether mm-hmm. he wanted to be at Louisville and not just at Louisville, whether he wanted to be coaching anymore because it seemed like he was kind of just out of it. And I, I, I truly, like, I, I think this, I will always believe this, that a guy like Russ Smith kind of helped rejuvenate him. I mean, I think John Calipari did that too, but coaching a guy like Russ, I, I think was really, really rewarding for yeah. Rick, even though he hated, hated him a lot. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, I think, you know, that there were several guys that, you know, helped out, but like, I think Russ a hundred percent chief of that, of those teams, just like such a unique dude. I mean, like, listen, like this guy shows up in sports illustrated with a stack of waffles like it's just like he's an all-timer man like glad like, about like having B- B- biggie scholarship offers to rick Matino <laughs> so he would like look more more highly touted that that's just great it's um it's quite an incredible thing i i'm i'm so excited for that moment like uh just francisco garcia will always be my favorite little basketball player just because he's dominican he, he really like helped me fall in love with the team but it's like I got to think about it with Russ Smith. It's just, he's, he's was such a unique character, such an incredible guy around here, such a personality on campus. If you saw him, you know, we were both lucky to be around at that time. And it, it just, you know, I would get texts like, yo, Russ is at this house. Show up. Like, it's like, yo, Russ, yeah, yeah. we gotta, we gotta be there. And I, I, I was like, to that. <laughs> I, I showed up one time and it's like, yo, he just left. He was playing piano. Like what? He was playing piano. <laughs> That's just awesome. (laughs) I remember my freshman year, like him. I mean, this was Russ when he was, I guess he was a sophomore then. Yeah. Him and Gorgie were at a party that I was at. And like Gorgie wasn't talking to a single person. I more so because of shyness than anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Russ was just like walking him around trying to get him to speak to people and like basically introducing Gorgie to other people and just wow. be like, This is Gorgie's day. It was just it just really funny. Like I have those random memories too. I I know what you're referring to. It's it's so funny. He was such an such an identity. I mean, a lot of those guys on that team, obviously. Um it's it's so funny and you know, i wanted to bring up a question and I, I don't know i haven't been listening to radio today maybe this is brought up today but you mentioned how big a part of his career 
is Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino taking a chance on him, bringing him to Louisville, and then just like dealing with him in terms of his his just his mannerisms and coaching because it's so anti-Pitino how he played, especially in the beginning. Right. So my question to you, Chris, is is this the moment Rick Pitino chooses to come back to Louisville? Should this be the moment he comes back to Louisville? And if he does, what will or should the reaction be? I, I gave you like four questions in one, but I feel like their fates are so intertwined that that's like a real complication to this whole thing. Complication is probably not the best word, but that's just like a thing I've thought about this afternoon for sure. I, you know, you texted me and I thought it was a great point because I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Um, I, I don't think he would. I mean, yeah. whether he should, yeah. I, I, th- I think he should, but man, there's, there's just no denying that Rick is a dude that holds grudges. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably something that's made him very successful in his basketball career. Cause I tend to think people that are ultra competitive like that, like they get motivation from that type of stuff and it, it benefits them in a lot of ways. But this is like the one situation where, man, it is, it could go either way because <laughs> I think, like I said, I, I, I've heard from some people and I, I just feel the way, like, I, I think that Russ means a lot to Rick. Right. Um, so it is one of those things to where, you know, um, it, it's tough, but I, I, no, I really don't think he would. The reception, <laughs> I got no idea. I, I tend to think like it would be, I would lean to like more of the booze, but you know, this fan base is so fractured right now. It's tough to say really with any conviction. I think I, here, here's my, here's my four and against my four is that the, the, the legal battle is over between the university and Rick Pitino in theory. They are no longer at like legitimate odds. They're at odds in other ways. And, and, you know, he's mad. You're right. He holds grudges, but there's nothing that's precluding him from doing so. Right. That's, I think, the four column, right? <clears throat> and I think you're right. He It means so much to him. Russ means so much to him. I can tell you right now, I, I mean, I don't know, but like all of those dudes are going to come back for that. That That is going to be a de facto 2013 reunion um rick uh, peyton siva has i I don't i I don't know if it's official but based on his social media it seems like he's not going back to the same team that he was in in germany just kind of the way he was talking about the end of the season uh luke hancock is is here obviously uh you know see mantrice is still around and tim henderson is still around gorgie Zhang, i could see finding a way to make it here um I could see a lot of those dudes coming back. Maybe not Shane Bahannon, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I, I um, don't know that Montrez would come back either. Because I don't know still, if Montrez would come back. That's a great kind point. of, but to be fair, you know, 2013, that, situ- like, that, that situation bugs me. That situation like that, sucks. That, that but. eats, it eats, it eats at me. And it eats at me more is that when Montrez was playing, like his highlights are constantly getting tweeted out. Like he's not been publicly disowned from the university. Yeah. hundred like, percent. Uh, no, no. We, I mean, we're on the same page about that. I do think it's, it does suck because 
I don't know. But, but like, it's also a situation where it's like, yeah, he had the huge dunk, like the picture dunk of that game, but that's like the only bucket he has. He played four minutes. So yeah. it's like, I know, like I would, I would much, if I had to pick between only one of these guys could come, one of them's Peyton Steven, one of them's Montrezl Harrell, like, or even Gorgie Zhang's like Gorgie, you know, NBA player. So, you know, I would much rather have Gorgie Zhang there than Montrez just because yeah, it is. But I, I really feel like they're going to put the pressure on Patino. I think, I almost feel like the deciding factor for him is going to be if he comes back, the story isn't about Russ. It's about him coming back. And I almost, oh, yeah. I, 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 like, I know we joke on Rick and he loves himself and he loves to shoot his own horn, but I feel like in this situation, he's at the age, he's at the time where it's like, I'm not going to take this moment away from Russ when literally ESPN will show up and they'll put a camera on Rick's face. They won't put it on Russ Smith's face. And that's the other thing is like, what game do you do it for? Because you can't, you can't let Rick come back and then have Chris Mack lose like a big <laughs> conference game. It probably like, has to like, be Duke, right? It has to be Duke. <laughs> it has to, well, it can't be Duke because they're, they got to do the, they got to do the coach K thing, but it has yeah. to be a team that well, they if we're beat doing that it. Year. I, don't, I don't know for sure we're doing it this year, but if we do, we do it this year. Yeah. It has to be so. It's either going to be Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Duke. It has to be a team they beat in 2013, yeah. right? Do it for Kentucky. So, well, that would be a rep next year, but yeah, it could be, um, or it could be DePaul. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That would be really um, funny, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be this year. I feel like there's not, there's been too much. I, I think I have a feeling, and listen, I, I've heard rumors off and on that there's there's a little bit of sluggishness in uh in selling tickets for this year i have a yeah. feeling they're going to want to jolt some ticket sales so i think it's going to happen this year so do you think um i this topic was been discussed on radio but you said tickets and you i wanted to ask you um because you have a lot of strong feelings on on the football team. Yeah, um, do, yeah. do you think they'll how how close do you think they'll come to a sellout this year? Not football, because of the talent. Ba- not you're talking about football. Football. I'm talking about football. Not because of the talent or the product on the field, but just because of how pent up people are to to go to to events. Like I, the stadium holds what sixty five thousand now after the expansion. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. You have the UCF. Against, the UCF game will be pretty big. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be Kentucky. their closest. Well, I guess Kentucky will probably be their closest. Yeah, but you just said ticket team made me think of that. I um, I want to get this this Jack Harlow question I had for you. Just all <laughs> nothing else on Russ. Let's make sure we're done with Russ. I don't. I don't think I have anything else. Yeah. Okay. No. No. But I. 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 I think that's interesting in terms of the Patino factor. For some reason. That's no. I think that's. I think that's like a great topic. Like, I, it's. It's probably going to be something that rises and and continues to get discussed because, um, you know, it's just, it's a it's a fifty fifty thing on yeah. whether it would even happen. Um. So I. I don't For know. Sure. It'll be something to watch. So literally, like, the only thing I wanted to ask you here is. I, I'm just like listening to to Jack Harlow's album again, and like we haven't really discussed it at all. And there's like a lot of variety on the album, and um, you know, I, I just think it's like I, I think it's a really good album. Like I think he showcases like his skills very well, and he's like a lot more balanced than I could have ever dreamed. Yeah, that he would get to this point. Is like, do you think a guy like him 
needs to almost just pick a lane. Like it's it's hard for me it's hard for me to put these into words, but I'm trying to say. But like he's not like Post Malone. I'm I'm just gonna name a bunch of white. Yes, guys. I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you're saying this. I, I wanted you yeah. to get to make some names. So I'm glad you're doing it. So he's not like Post Malone. He's not like he's definitely like not like Machine Gun Kelly or like Black Bear. I'm trying to think of all these other white rappers that I know, and, and I'm running Machine, out of names. Machine Gun Kelly just, is he even yeah, a rapper just, anymore? Uh, he still raps. It's more of a rock thing, but he still does rap rock. It's like he had, uh, the so whole. He, he had a really good. Uh, they did a really good profile of him in GQ this month. If you're, if you're, I, I guess what I'm saying is like G Easy is probably so, another guy you need to mention in this list. Yeah, no, that that's a good one. A guy who, ma- who Jack has been on a song, but so to maximize like your markability, do you think you need to like define yourself a little bit more? Do you think it's good to be like you know I have a song with Adam Levine, I also have a song with sg on like the same album where i'm like rapping entirely different or i'm making like pop rap and then i kind of like switch into like a whole different genre like i just i don't know i'm i'm really like interested to see what kind of like what happens next because he's got to the point to where you can say like he's a star like it, he's, so he's, he's full on stardom. I, I I just I don't even know what I'm trying to ask. No, he's no, but I get what you're saying. You're, you're you're asking me what's the next step and what's yeah. the direction we're going in, and you know I'm I I don't know, but I I like this is this is incredible. It's probably gonna be like the dumbest thing I've ever said in this podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> but he sh- he's like there's there's like a Drakeness to Jack. And that he's so chameleon. He, he's he's yeah. very good at being chameleon. Because you said it right there. He can do a song with Adam Levine. He can do a song like literally the number three. I mean, the number three song is 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 with Corday, and you know it's with with Eminem and Corday, and he's got Jetson made on you know record doing stuff with him. He does like a really smart Sean. move to do too. He'll do he'll do a song with Big Sean, a song with Little Baby. Like it, it's it's he's he's really done this really good chame- chameleon thing. And I, I think his future can continue to be that can be like I'm gonna adopt this sound for an album. And that's like that's what Tyler's doing the Tyler the creator. You know well, yeah I mean because the, that's the, what, the best thing the best thing about Tyler is throughout his entire career he said i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want and exactly. i don't care if you like it or not exactly. and i like i i hope i truly hope that that's the lane that jack chooses because for so long what happens to white rappers and i'm, I'm using that kind of lazy but i you know i'm, I'm gonna say that because no, that is please. what it is they they, they they pick something they pick a, exactly. a niche and they just stay with it. Like I'm going to be, exactly they say, I'm going to be this guy, but Jack has been able to be a lot of different yeah. guys. And because I, it's I, funny, like I listed all those guys like Post Malone, Jeezy, and I think he's a better artist than all of them already. For sure. Like I, I, I 100%. I, you know, I, I asked my wife the other day and I was like, do you think Jack Harlow is a better like rapper than Post Malone? And like, hands down, the answer was yes. And I'm just like, wow, that's like a year ago. I, yeah. I feel like someone even saying something like that would be insane. I don't know. No, no, I think you're right. And I think, you know, I think the fact that he's linked up with, like, we're sounding like a music podcast here, but it's like the fact that he's linked up with DJ Drama is really good to me because I think he is very good at being a chameleon. I would love to see Jack, like, he can't do it now because Tyler just did it, but I would love to see Jack do the same thing that Tyler just did with DJ Drama and, like, Jack's doing with Drama. 
it's like a hosted album and there's like two minutes songs. it's great yeah like it'd be <laughs> awesome that'd be so fun and, and i think yeah. i think he's got so many the one thing i've noticed so much about jack is just like he's got he's he's so good at like referencing things that's why i sort of i mentioned drake because like he's so good at drawing on so many different references like both mm-hmm. lyrically and musically and sonically and that and and like something you'll see like you said something you'll see with with the white rappers is they just put themselves in a corner it's like i'm only referencing this exact moment this type of thing like like i mean like that that's i mean that is what machine gun kelly is doing right now it's like i'm going to only reference mid 90s pop like mid 90s to early thousands pop rock and i'm going to get my check and this this is what's going to happen and i I think it's it's because like you're walking this tightrope of being a part of a culture that isn't yours 100 percent and then you then you just kind of figure out you know i don't know i i just think it's really interesting and, and, I and think that the, works the sometimes drink. chris i think that works sometimes just like putting yourself in a corner it works a lot is but it does it work for three years or does it work for 10 years yeah. you know so like if you're talking about someone you know jack's been out now you know he's been for two to three years you would say he's been like a, a, a significant not quite you know i think now he's approaching double a you know double a artist you would say prior yeah. to now not quite triple a but you know of that level so you know triple a, be, I mean, a being drake kendrick i think he's approaching just you know being i think he needs another probably album or of the the same level that it's been to get to that you level. need a you need another what's popping type probably type of song and Which, I, I, think I think he's he done a do. good job like remaining authentic. He had the whole situation that happened here. And yeah. I, I think he handled that about as good as he possibly yes. could. Um, and I, you know, that's, you know, people, people kind of have their fun and, and take their shots, but I, I do like admire the dude for pretty much for the most part, rapping about a lifestyle that he's been a part of and, and yeah. not really, not really, calling on something that that is no that he's not that he's not yeah i I just wanted to uh, mention that it's a good discussion something on my mind this Um, is a fun discussion i enjoyed that i just wanted to point out what's popping has like a billion streams on spotify but the number two song is tyler harrow who has has 195 million streams yeah which i think is like interesting it just kind of shows just like how big that was but it's funny Um, it's really crazy all right chris the next big story, you know, behind Jack Harlow's amazing career, which, you know, Louisville fans are all fun, fond of, is definitely this Marcus Carr saga, this transfer saga that finally came to an end. You and I were talking about it last week, last pod, and we finally got our, we got our answer. Marcus Carr did not make it to Louisville's campus. He... Uh, chose in the end, I guess he chose Texas, right? Is what it seems like. But there was sort of an in-between where he's like, oh, he's only picking between Texas and going to Australia's league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're kind of, we're coming into this at the end of the, the, the discussion, definitely at the end of the new cycle for this. So, we have to mention the Sydney Curry stuff too. Uh, oh, I didn't, you know what? I don't even have that written down. You know, Louisville yeah. Sydney Curry, they don't add Marcus Carr. Um but on the car point of it, you know, the whole thing about car has been, is this, is this a must get for Chris Mack? You know, what does this mean if Louisville doesn't get him? And then they'll get him. And 
so Chris, what's, you know, go along for me on this. What's, what are your, what are your feelings on this? What's the impact? How big of an L is it for Chris Mack to hold? Um, Just what, what, how mad should Louisville fans be about this? Well, I mean, I'm trying to like still kind of figure out what the lasting impact of it was because it really wasn't framed nationally as a story of Chris Mack loses this, this dude to Chris Beard. It was mostly framed as my God, Chris Beard is doing crazy shit at Texas. So there really wasn't the, like to me, I was pretty pissed. Um, and I'm having a hard time being as angry now a week later as I was then. Um, but, but not getting the guy on campus is what really just, Right. kind of sticks with you. And I, I find myself thinking it is unacceptable because I, I want to like stress two things. Like I'm pretty like high in this team. I, I like a lot of the parts. I think L Ellis is better than people think. I think Jarrett West is better than people think. I think I'm probably lower on the front court as a whole um, than some other people, but I think the guard play is good. And I, I think they have a chance to, you know, be a second weekend type team. Definitely. But the man, like, just getting a playmaker to kind of bring it all together um, just and missing and not even getting that guy on campus just sucks. Like it, that, that's the only way around it. It just, it really stinks that you kind of feel like, like I, I don't respect Texas basketball. Chris Beard <laughs> doesn't make, cause it, cause my entire life they have underachieved just like their football. Like I don't, don't respect Texas athletics. Like they, they have just done under, that's all they've done. My entire life is underachieved. They haven't met expectations. So it's hard for me to respect them. Um, so it stings. I, that's a long-winded way to say, like, I was more mad um, in the announcement, and it's not sustained with me. So maybe that means it's a little bit superficial, but it still bothers me. Like, I I, I think not getting the, the guy on campus is, un, is unacceptable. Yeah, I agree. Um, I... I'm, I'm in this place where I struggle because like, I think it's an L and I think Louisville fans saying that it's not a loss. Like, I don't think there were that many of them, but the one, you know, if you're, if you think it's not a deal, like it's a deal, is it how big a deal is it is like what I'm struggling with because, and, and as we said in the last podcast, I, I think that Marcus Carr's purpose for this team was to give wiggle room for how many mistakes could be made for offering a buffer zone between, Oh, this is a borderline NCAA team, or this is a team that can make the, 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 you know, the second weekend or the final four, if you really want to get crazy. Um, And I'm like, so confused on how far in between is it? And that's one of those questions we can't answer, I think, until we see this team actually in action. Because you don't you don't know how good LL is. Exactly. That's, that's that's your biggest question mark. That's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I I don't know. I I, I mean I, like, I do I'm I do go ahead. I'm also caught up on this place if you know, Louisville's out there working the transfer market. Is it just them saying there's a talented player available? We're going to look at him. Or right. is it saying, no, shit, we need help. We're going to look at whoever we can because, my God, these guards aren't who we thought they were. I'm also wondering about that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. And, like, is there another shoe to drop in terms of is there somebody that's been practicing at the two? You know, we've talked about that. Is there, it just, it really depends. And I have no idea 
I'm upset. I'm upset about it. Like, let's make this clear. Like you, you said it, you're upset. I'm saying it. I'm upset. Little fans saying that they aren't upset. Like that's silly. Like you should be, you should be mad about it, but it's and like, one, go ahead. Let's talk about the fan base first. Please. <laughs> please go long on this. Please. <laughs> Cause like you can, you can come, come with me and, and we can go on this journey, but like, I just don't need the conversation around <laughs> Marcus Carr's available. We're probably not going to get it. Like, I, I, I don't need to hear that shit, man. Like, look at the recruiting classes that have historically signed at Louisville. Right. And I don't need to hear, like, the NCAA stuff is hanging over their heads because I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to tell anyone, Louisville's not getting a postseason ban next year. They will be in the tournament next year yep. if, they, if they are good enough to be it. So that is not relevant here. Like, I just don't need that. And I'm, I'm taken back at the softness and the <laughs> lack of confidence in this fan base. Like, it is just demoralizing to get online and hear some of the stuff that you hear. I mean, like, I get it. The, the, the athletic program has not done shit for you in the last like three to four years. So I'm not here to tell you how to be a fan, but it is equally as frustrating when you have a guy who in Chris Mack, whether you like it or not, whether you don't think it meant anything or not, the year of COVID had the number one basketball team in the country early in the year had a team that was, you know, a five seed, six seed, and you want to project whether they wouldn't, wasn't going to go and run, whatever you want to do. Like, they had the talent to go and run. Right. So, like, this just malaise and negative opinion around the basketball program, I, I don't get. I really don't. Like, I understand you're tired of a lot of the shit that's went on. I am, too. But you also got to have a little pride. This is your this is your Louisville fans are becoming NC State fans, rant. It is, it is. I, I, I tweeted it out today. Like it, it, it no man. I, I see it, it so much. I see it so much more in basketball than I do in football. There is blind blind optimism about football, and there is less optimism about basketball. And I yeah. don't understand those two yeah. things. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. I, People I, are higher on Scott Satterfield as a whole than they are Chris Mack. It's unbelievable, Chris. It's unbelievable. The, the 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 skepticism that people have for Chris Mack, was he the right hire? Uh, should we have gone? I don't even know what people think we actually should have gone with. I'm, I'm still, excuse me, I'm still not sure what people think was the best hire. I mean, maybe they think it was Kenny Payne if you're, um, you know, <laughs> if you're a certain person um, or a certain group of people. But the fact that people are so willing to buy into this Louisville football team, but are still, you know, I, I'm really not sure we made the right decision with Chris Mack. It's like, no, please, please tell me what, what Chris Mack's teams haven't done that, that Scott Satterfield's teams have. <laughs> please tell me what those things are. And maybe, and maybe that's just a, the fact that like Louisville basketball is Louisville basketball and we've won three national championships and we have higher expectations. And it I should can, be I, that way. I can, I can accept that you have high expectations for little basketball. We all should have them. I, I and, and I know you wanted to bring up, but I want to say one more thing about this. It just gets to the point where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, oh, you know, we've got this going yep. on. We've got this NCAA thing. This isn't going to happen. No, man, we're fucking little basketball. Like, we can act like that sometimes still. Like, yes, 
things have happened. Sucky things have happened. We're pissed about these things have happened. They have, we cheated and we got no benefit from it in any way, shape or form. And that's frustrating. And, but still act like we've been there before because we have, and it's not, that's not even me saying like, Oh, they can't take away the memory. No, man. Like it's still before that. Like we, we made a final four in 2005. We've been, you know, the, the nineties weren't all right, but the eighties, we fucking owned them. Like, come on. Like, it's <laughs> like, we're still around. Like it's still a thing, please. <laughs> and I, I think the thing that like kind of grinds my gears the most um, grinds my gears. I love that. I brought that one out. <laughs> um, it, it, it doesn't feel like authentic with, with Mac, the reasons why people don't like, him. like, I, I think they just don't like him as a person. <laughs> like it, it doesn't feel like the validity of like you saying, you know, he's not the right guy for the job. Right. It's authentic because if I really wanted to be like a crybaby fan, I could point to the reasons, a lot of reasons why Louisville probably should have been the NCAA tournament last year. Right. But I'm not going to do that because it's it, like you said, it's Louisville. I, I don't care about entertaining a discussion. Should they be in? Should they not? I don't. I don't care. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm just. I need to to speak through that, and and kind of get it off my chest because I am just so damn sick of it. Like, you have and a good like, team. Let, let me extend this to like something else. Like, it's not even just these transfer things or recruiting, dude. I like. I've probably followed, I don't know why I followed summer recruiting a little bit more than I normally do this year, but so many dudes are just like, like when the Reed Shepard thing happens, like, Oh, it's over. We're never going to get him in our state, blah, 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 this and this and this. And even like Rodney Rice, who's like, his dad is a coach at, or his, his former high school coach is a coach at Virginia tech. Like, and everyone's just like, Oh, with everything going on, there's no way we're going to beat him out for this. It's like have some it's funny though because like have some respect. If you talk to people that cover recruiting, and there's one that me and you both know, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't know if he wants us to, but they're optimistic about the staff. Like they love Rossby Mans, yeah. they love Finale. Like they, they talk glowingly about these dudes. Yes. and it's so crazy that the recruiting analysts covering the team are more optimistic of the program than the fans. Yeah. Like that's insane because it's never been that way with Louisville basketball. It's supposed to be, Oh, these people are doubting us. These people are doubting us. Yes. All right. We love that. Like, and it's not that right now. It's fucking sad. Like it really is. It's wild. And it's just like, and like the ESPN stuff or the media stuff. It's like, like, listen, ESPN doesn't hate Louisville. ESPN doesn't have a vendetta against Louisville. Yes, Rick Pitino is an easy story for people to make something about. We just talked about Rick Pitino. The story, if Rick Pitino came back, it would be about him to Louisville, right? And that's just because he's a recognizable name. He People will click things about him. That's just the reality of what it is. That doesn't mean that ESPN is trying to actively find ways to be negative towards the University of Louisville. It's just not. It's just not. It's It's not the way it is. And it's, it's frustrating. I, I, I'll be frustrated about journalism coverage of the university of Louisville until the cows come home, but it's not because there's a secret cabal of people who hate the university of Louisville men's just basketball Pat 40 team. And sports illustrated. That's, that's it. Just Pat I, look, I still hate Pat 40. Pat 40 can <laughs> do whatever I, I did. You know, Rick Bozich does some dumb things. Uh, don't come at Tim Sullivan. He's our guy. <laughs> 
Uh, he does some funny things, but it all comes from a place of just being a dude from Cincinnati. <laughs> it has nothing to do with him hating Louisville. <laughs> He's just a guy. Um, <laughs> do you have any grandstanding take on Sidney Curry? Um, I not wasn't freaking out like everybody else about him. But here's my know, grandstanding take, and I don't I don't think you're I don't know if you want to say this take, but I know you feel similarly to me. I'm concerned. I I would have liked. I'm concerned about this and how it matters to our 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 great guy JJ Trainer. That's it's what bothers me about it. Um, I would. I I think JJ Trainer um, deserves a real shot to really play extended minutes on this team. He proved it last season. He needed a summer seasoning just because of COVID. And I wish he would have. I I think he's getting it. And we are hearing. Both you and I are hearing that he's had a good summer. And I don't love this move in relation to him. So, I will uh, I will hold that rant in the chamber. Um, so we'll save I that will, one I'll, for another, I'll, but I will um, let the cake, I will let the cake be. But listen, bit. listen, Charles Mendelin joined a team and he didn't play a minute. So like, <laughs> for like six minutes. So like Sidney Curry, it might not, it might not happen for my dude, Sidney Curry. Charles Mendelin's making a rap album right now. It's actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, it's it's like on SoundClick. I went through and listened to it like a week ago. It's like this futuristic rap, like all these really weird <laughs> sci-fi have to check that out. beats, and it kind of bombs. You should check it out. We're gonna have to check out the Charles Midland album. We're gonna have to is check that, it out. You tweeted about a Kanye album. Is a Kanye album coming? It appears to be coming, Chris. It appears to um, be coming, and uh, there's a Tyler feature on the Kanye album. Uh, <laughs> someone so so i don't mean to like completely take us off the rails here but um, the person who has tweeted most about the kanye album is a buddy of kevin durant's <laughs> and he mentioned that kevin and him or katie and him went to go listen to the album in like kanye's suite in vegas and there's pictures of katie just bop into this album <laughs> and my favorite thing that's been said about this album someone tweeted is like <laughs> just all right, some adult language coming up. Yo, is it more of that gospel shit? He said, nah, it's Christian, quote unquote, but he still curses. <laughs> and I was just, really... like, just like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's crazy because like, I was talking with someone about this because the, the Kanye album with the Tetons in the bag came out. Then the Cuddy album came out with him on it. Yeah. And like, some which of is the great. Content, that's a better, that's a better album than the Kanye album. Kids but it's Ghost funny because like some of the lyrics on that album are hilarious and you're just still like bobbing your head and being like, this shit bangs. It's fucking fire. <laughs> like it, it, it's great. And like, he's the only person that can make you do that consistently. I, I so will fun. say like, yay, that, that Kanye, album the montana album like there's like seven songs on it but like three of them are absolute bangers like three of them yeah. are absolute classics i the was listening to it the other day the four are trash yeah. but three are really good <laughs> um I, i'm ready i'm ready to get hurt again chris i'm ready to get hurt again that's just go uh, on tour man that's all i care about just go on tour gotta come to the yum center man he's got he canceled that yum center date i was it was going to be the second time i see him seen him on that tour and uh, he, he canceled. I was really, I was really, really bummed. But do you have the, any? Uh, do you have any concerts that you're trying to itching to get out? To? I am going to. Um, I'm going to go to see White Reaper at the at the fair next month, nice. which is uh, hopefully, which is going to be really cool. The free concert. 
I bought tickets. My wife and I have tickets to see Sylvanesso later this fall, which we're really oh, yeah, excited about. Oh, yeah, I've seen about. her. She's a really good show. We saw them once. It was really, really awesome. Uh, she had this, like, random I – I never even got the name of this guy, but he's he was, like, a Spanish artist, like, Spain Spanish. And he just had, like, two, like, silver Christmas trees dancing with him the whole time. And I said, I am not – I'm too in the right line for this. I'm too, I'm too. All right. I need to get like three more drinks or something yeah. else around that. Cause I'm not, I'm not here for this. Um, and then I just bought tickets to see hundred Gex, which nice. is, if folks don't know is a real, like probably the weirdest band I listen to and thoroughly enjoy. Just like a really weird electronic, like someone my buddy i sent to my buddy he's like this is just computer sounds like it's not even like techno it's like i enjoy techno this is just computer sounds like i'm like yep that's what it is um nice. so uh that's i'm I'm really stoked uh friend of the potter Ison uh, and i big fans i think we're gonna we're gonna hit that together it's gonna be fun Good. Um, but yeah no uh what about you any anything fun going on up there i'm sure you got you got boston shows you can drive to yeah, a lot of stuff is coming. I'm kind of sitting back and picking and choosing the ones I want to go to the most. Um, there's a band called Elder Island, which my wife is really very much into, and they're very okay. good. Um, I would love to go see them in Ontario if the border opens. We'll see if that August, happens. I think August, they said, right? Yeah, I think it's still kind of a little bit up in the air, but okay. I, that does sound like the plan. Um, so that should happen. Um, That's awesome. And, we'll see about jayco so uh, well, okay yeah. i mean i'll just like i'll leave that there uh Chris, i want to see i also want to see 21 savage live and he's opening for him which would be just really funny <laughs> that, so, well, that is kind of funny I, that's all right that's weird but, um <laughs> I do want to know, Chris, we are recording this Monday night and the Louisville men's basketball s- softball scrimmage has completed with nigh a single injury as far as we're concerned. No one yeah. tore their ACL, which thank God that happened. Um, but it does sound like Roosevelt Wheeler sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and it was absolute <laughs> garbage, just absolute nice. trash. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, let's should we talk about Kofi Coburn or should we skip that? We can talk about it if you want to. I don't know how much you have to add, but I mean, it's, I just it's just really, point out it's, it's really, it. really funny. Like, I just want to point out that you knew what was going to happen. You literally tweeted it out. I don't have your tweet in front of me, but you said exactly what was going to happen with, with both Cockburn and Duran, which I don't know what the update on Duran on, on uh, Jalen Duran is um, the, the 2022 recruit. Um, your guess is as good as mine. And I think that's everybody. So, um, you know, you said, that Kentucky fans are going to say in the moment they want these guys, they need these guys, add these guys, absolutely want. Then if it doesn't happen, Cal will tell his sources they didn't want said guy, and it was never about that. And that's literally exactly what happened with Kofi Cockburn. I have the tweet in front of me by Matt Jones. He said Kofi Cockburn was always returning to Illinois. He had interest in U.K., and it was explored, but ultimately speaking, he was encouraged to return to Illinois. I know there was info out there counter to this, but it was incorrect. I think most years, Kentucky would have not only wanted Kofi Cockburn, but they have actively tried to get him. But with the current roster and the way Calipari wants to play with this group, I don't think they didn't think it was a great fit for the kid this year. 
it's funny though because like you and i both can pretty much say with like 90 90% certainty that that's not the case 100%. even if we even if we didn't have that info it's like still you're not fooling anybody man like it's just indicative as who they are as a program like it's like none of what's going on in front of your face matters wait until next year that it, it, it's just like that on like a micro scale. That's it's, it's the cow magic trick, baby. That's why it's so predictable. It's the cow magic trick, and, and it works every time. And I well, I think it worked less so this time than normal. But you know that Matt Jones has to tweet this out. Someone in the give it to him is like, listen, he knows he's got to tweet this out because he's got to get the next. That's the thing, man. It's a cycle. If he doesn't, if he doesn't play along with this one, then when Jalen Duran decides if he's going to come, he's not going to have that scoop. And if he doesn't play along with that scoop, if they don't get Jalen Duran, then they're not going to get the Bronny James scoop or whatever the <laughs> hell, whoever's next. It's it is a vicious cycle that that Kentucky has put themselves into, and it's just it's it's literally. It's literally a Ponzi scheme. This is the definition <laughs> of a Ponzi scheme, Chris. It is. You keep investing money and the guy gives, you know, it's like, hey, one guy wants his money back. So then that guy goes to everyone else and says, I need a little bit more money to invest in this. I'm going to give you your money back. It's going to be this return, but I need money now for this. And he goes, pays that one guy. And then they keep going and going because you they keep getting all of the money. And we, pretty soon they got a house of cards. It's going to fall down. It's just a matter of time. We seriously have to consider making that the podcast title. Uh, I don't I don't really know. Kentucky the Caliponzi, the Caliponzi scheme. Can we call it the Caliponzi scheme? Yeah, that's pretty strong. That's I'm pretty good strong. with that. Um, you, you let me know if you no, come up with a better one. <laughs> we've done we've done the podcast and we've joked about like the Roman empires falling and, and you know, the bricks are bricks and bricks and bricks. But like, you do have to wonder what happens this season. I am equally as interested in what happens with Kentucky basketball this year as I am. Well, both of these programs, dude, like they have some super, super interesting seasons coming, man. Like, and I mean, yeah. from the Kentucky perspective, like you have, several teams in the sec improving and that has never been the case like yes. as long as kyle's been there you haven't had like an alabama and arkansas like these teams making massive moves and now they kind of are 100%. Um, so man i'm 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 ready for it i'm ready for hoops um I'm, I'm i'm ready for sports in general like i'm ready for college college sports feedback. yeah we've got uh we you know the the Ken Palm is not updated yet for 2022, but Bartovic has. Uh, so, you know, he has he has Kentucky literally middle of the road in the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. He has Alabama ninth overall, number one. Arkansas second, 20th overall. LSU 22nd overall and third. And then Auburn. Then, oh, then Tennessee, 27. Oh. Then Florida, then Mississippi, then Mizzou, Jesus. then Kentucky. Auburn's below Kentucky at 71st. There's a lot of excitement about them, at least from their fans. I'm surprised to hear that. Um, they, they, they have the 45th best offense, but their defense is in the hundreds, so that's why. Yeah, That's crazy. So, 
Absolutely nuts. So just, you know, something that you're absolutely right. No, you're talking about an Alabama team that literally that made the sweet 16 is getting better. An Arkansas team that made the elite eight and is, is definitely no worse than they were personnel wise on paper, LSU getting some good recruits in Tennessee lost a lot, but they're getting a lot in apparently. Um, and I think defensively they're going to be okay. Uh, you know, Florida, can't be much worse than they were. I don't know about the <laughs> Ole Miss at Ole Miss rating. Um, Mizuka. Yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I wouldn't. Rating. I wouldn't put Kentucky any lower than fifth in the SEC. That's just me being. That's me being. You know, conservative. Like I feel like Alabama, Arkansas. You can make absolutely an argument that they should be ranked above Kentucky, a hundred percent. But you know, after that, LSU, Tennessee, I don't know, Florida. I don't know about that. We'll see. Let's uh, sprinkle in a little football conversation here um, before we wrap things up because we are moving towards um, that time of year, whether we want to or not. Um, I, you know, I had this conversation with you and amongst a few other people, and it's just like I'm seeing Malik Cunningham on all these award lists. And I know part of it's just like, you know, he's on these lists because everybody in college football is on them but I'm having a little tough time defining how I see Malik Cunningham as a quarterback. And not only that, how much of him being good or bad should be just, you know, that's who he is or should be, you know, this is an issue with coaching or, or, or something along those lines. Like I, I know that you would be happy to throw it at the feet of Scott Satterfield if he isn't very good this year. Um, but how do you see Malik Cunningham? Um, I, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about how they think he is, um, doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And I, you know, I kind of fire back and I'm like, why doesn't he get that credit? I, I don't think he's really kind of lived up to any of the, the expectations to deserve that credit. So I'm, I'm just curious, like how you see him um, and why he's ending up on all of these lists. I think, I think he's ending up on, a, on the list for the same reason. I think you're seeing the national media, the people who just look at things from a 30,000 feet view, look at Louisville for a potential, you know, a potential team to turn things around. They see injury, they, they see turnover luck. Um, they see initial stats. They see expected points is something I'm seeing everywhere and related to Louisville. I'm seeing red zone percentage. Louisville was so good in the red zone when they got there. Their exp- the difference between expected points and like actual points for Louisville was huge, like a huge gap. And Louisville was very unlucky this season. But to me, I'm just concerned because I don't see it as luck. I saw it as issues with taking care of the ball, issues with calling plays and I just, I'm, I'm really, I, I really am going to have to see it to believe it in terms of this offense really outperforming given all that they lost. And on a Malik Cunningham point of view, it's just like, like you know, I texted you, you know, just you and I, I was like, if Malik Cunningham shows up and he starts not turning the ball over, why didn't he do that last season? What was it about last year? I guess it really was COVID. He didn't want it. You know, no one was really feeling it, but I'm really struggling with the idea that suddenly this team is going to forget that it was very bad at taking care of the ball. Very, very, very bad at it. It just, it's, I'm going to have to see that. I'm not going to believe that until we're four games in and they're not coughing the ball up every year. How much are you going to be on the fence about like jumping back in, you know, say they, 
I, I do. I have held on firmly to this belief, regardless of my overall skepticism about right. the program. I do think that they'll play Ole Miss close because I think that sets up well for them. Right. I think you have a underrated defense going up against a really off, good offense who will probably be able to a little bit better than Ole Miss expects. I think that the Ole Miss defense isn't stopping anybody, so they'll have their opportunities to score with them. So say they have a close game there, you know, maybe they lose, maybe they shock the world to win. I don't know. But how how much will you be firmly dug in um, to the uh, you know the expectations about how you don't think they'll be very successful this year? I think I've probably I think that first four group of games is a good after that first four games it's a, it's a good kind of flag in the in the ground. You've got that Ole Miss game on national television. Eastern Kentucky is not going to matter. They're going to win by forty points probably. And then that UCF game, it's, it's going to be a hard game. That's going to UCF's good. Like they're not. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they, a lot of people are picking them to be the group of five team to make the, the, the new year six and then a historically tough game. I mean, Florida state might not be good at all, but I just think going and winning at Florida state, just, it still means something like, yeah. Just, I mean, they, you're, your season can go really awry even if you beat Ole Miss and then you lose Central Florida, Florida State back-to-back weeks. And it's like 100%. 100%. So, yeah. That, to me, that four-week mark is when I'm ready to reevaluate. If they emerge from that 4-0, 3-1, I, I don't know about I, – I, I, I'm skeptical about close losses. Where would you, where would you be 2-2? Two and two? It, Just I'm, one I'm, of those things where you'd have to have to see how it looked. I, I'm yeah. I'd have to see how it looked, and I'm still skeptical about like close losses. I mean, we saw we saw Lamar Jackson's first season against you know you know they they play Auburn close, and that seems like a really good loss, and then Auburn turns out to be at utter shit. So like I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna treat it the same way. Yeah, it's um, hilarious because I could see that totally occurring with exactly. I too. I, like I feel exactly so saying same exact game. It's like, oh, Old Miss is real good. Like we only lost them by like four points. No, man. Like you should have beat Old Miss, especially yeah. with and like given this year, given you're talking about a junior year, Malik Cunningham. You're talking about a defense that should have been proved. So yes, they 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 should be. I, I I'm not going to believe in this team if they lose to Old Miss. No. I'm not like okay. just changing my thing. I'm not going to uh, like, even if they, I'm not going to like believe that this team's going to do anything more than at best be a middling ACC team. If they lose to Ole Miss and middling's not okay for me this season. That's at the end of the year. If we're a middling team, I'm I'll pack. I'm ready to pack Scott Satterfield's boxes now. So if at the end of the season, there's six and six, I'm ready. I'm ready to get rid of them. And that's my point. Like when a lot of these discussions is like, when in the last I don't know, 15 years has a, has a coach been in his third year at Louisville and six and six been a successful year. Right. Right. I got, I, I don't know when that's <laughs> ever occurred. I, I, you know, if you go seven and five at Louisville, that's fine, but that right. should be like the minimum. Right. I, I, I don't think six and six is okay. And I, it's kind of weird that like we talked about this, this kind of just position between like Scott Satterfield and Mac and, <laughs> I, I, I truly guess just a guy being likable. I, I don't know why a guy who has tried to leave every chance he's got would be viewed as likable. Um, but I guess a guy just being likable goes that that far. Yeah, I, I really, I really, you know, I think we're wrapping this up. It's like, I really, we'll, we'll do a pod after. We'll be sure to do it after ACC Media Day next week because 
I'm really hoping people hold Satterfield to task. Like it just, like it tends yeah. to be, it really does tend to be sort of a, a, a kitschy thing, but getting some national media in there and just being like, uh, you know, not that those people are listening as podcasts, but you know, if you're a local person who's a podcast, it's like, why should Louisville fans be excited about you this season after everything that's yeah. happened? You know, it's like, and yeah, I, sure. I, what I, he's building a house, but like, come on, like, <laughs> don't, don't even give me that. Don't give me that. Yeah. I just wanted to sprinkle in some football conversation. No, I we think probably we probably haven't talked about it as much as we need to. We so. need to start talking about it. It's it's I, I'm dreading it, but we need to start talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we close this thing out? I had one more thing to lay please, on you, but I can't, I can't remember what it was. No, um, which is a disappointment. Uh, oh, NBA finals. It was NBA um, finals. It was. Yeah, like I'm I'm really enjoying Ghana's doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Giannis, like it's, it's fucking awesome. Uh, that dunk was about like he had the block a few games ago. Uh, that dunk is about that steal to dunk is about as wild a play as I've ever seen at this level of professional play. Just yeah. absolutely insane. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely chase block, LeBron chase block, and worthy. Like, like that level of play. And you know this happened. This has happened so many times. I was listening to the uh, the the, the post game on Zach Lowe's podcast. He had Brian Windhorst and then Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse was like, "Yeah, we had an opportunity to close this thing out at home, and we didn't." And we're, you know, so like, don't take this for granted. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel I, 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 I like but Drew is, Holiday. You know, go ahead. It is crazy how often that happens. Like, you have that one game, and you're like the players say the same thing. They're like, Oh, we're not going to take this for granted. We're not done yet. There's still time. And they're all like, they're seemingly all aware of that, but it's just different when your back's against the wall. And it almost always feels like when that team doesn't take care of them in that spot that they go on to lose the series. Like, I feel like I am, I was extremely pre series. I was pretty confident in Milwaukee to win the series. And even when they went down 2 0, I was a little shaken in my confidence. Yeah. But I still felt like that Milwaukee would make it into a series. But, you know, if they lose game six, I, I think all that confidence almost goes out the window. 100%. 100%. I would not pick them in a game seven. Just, just the way that the season has gone. I think if they lose, this is the series. If they lose, if they lose tonight, I, there's, there's not a chance in hell I'm betting on them. And I would ever bet on them in, in game seven. Just not a chance in hell. Just because they have them, the way that they, the way that they emphatically won that game it, it, and, the, and just, the the fact that they got Devin Booker's best shot, you know, Chris Paul didn't play great the whole game, but he played really good down the stretch. And like everyone's talking about Chris Paul's like stats in those last two games, but he played really well in that last five minutes of that of that game. So I'm I'm not like totally out on him like being able to be have an impact in this next game just because of that. So uh, you can't you can't lose this one and. I feel like this is almost like we've joked about how bad coach Bud is, but I feel like he's like dumb enough to know, like, this is his strategy. He's like, we're going to put all the chips on this game right here. <laughs> like, I, I feel like he's I, dumb enough to do that. <laughs> I've said this to like as many people as possible. Um, he's a terrible in-game coach. There's no yeah. denying that. Yeah. But from game to game, he's he done, great. done. 
he's, he's, done. Do, he's done pretty well. Like he found out pretty quickly that the the drop coverage with Brooke Lopez, where he kind of yep. comes over the screen and falls to the basket, was not going to work well against Chris Paul and <laughs> Um and they abandoned that pretty quickly. And Booker um, Booker yeah, has man. adjusted, but Paul, I mean, maybe he is now, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, but Book's balled out. Um, I you know, he's he's done his thing, but I I think, you know, for everybody on that team, um it, it it always feels like that you know the the Suns may be on the verge of a dynasty mm-hmm. and 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 those type of things, but it never really quite works out that way. Like it, you know, this could be the the time we see them in the finals, and maybe they they never get there again. Like yeah. I I don't know. I've but I've I've really enjoyed this these. It's finals been a really fun I've series. These playoffs. I did not expect um, to enjoy these finals as much as I have, and. Uh, I, you know, I skipped a decent amount of the game and then joined in like the halfway through the third. And I was like, I just got a feeling this is going to be a like a classic at the end. And yeah. sure enough, it was. And uh, yeah, man, it's absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Well, I think that covers it, man. I think that about covers it. This was a this was a good app. We we went long on, on a variety of things. I think I think we're settled on the Caliponzi scheme. <laughs> settled on it so shout out to everyone um on that one um we'll do a pod next week obviously after media day if something else happens i had some ncaa stuff i might you know there's been a lot of weird like ncaa administration news the power five thinking about long term what that looks like we can talk about that at some point um and there'll nice. be plenty of other stuff i'm sure there'll be something comes up basketball wise uh but yeah sounds good chris Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks, Chris, for for joining us yet again. And we will talk to you on the other side. Have a good one.